to see the demon in you doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck this shit. 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 Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck. What's going down? Welcome back to the Fuck This Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Dre, back again. As always, we start the podcast the same way. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this motherfucker. I greatly appreciate it, as always. Thank you for all the social media engagement, all the feedback, all the five-star reviews. As a five-star review, is the dopest free shit that you could do for your boy. I appreciate the fuck out of all of that shit, man. Um, we got no new subscribers this week, so we don't get to make no noise. You know what I'm saying? But we do got feedback for y'all, so I'm gonna make sure that we get into that here in just a second. Um, if you're not already following all the social media platforms, we on Facebook at FTS Podcast. For now, we still on IG, Twitter, and Reddit at Fuck This Shit Pod. Even though those handles may change in the future. Uh, if you're wondering what the what this subscription is about, you know what I'm saying? For the extra $4.99, you get access to a bonus episode every week as well as like 50 fucking bonus episodes from the past that you can't get otherwise. So make sure if you're really fucking with it, you tap into that. Um, Otherwise, man, you know, I guess we'll get right into it. I ain't been been doing much of shit i know the the schedule of the podcast has been kind of wonky it's been a little bit up and down or whatever but uh my work schedule is finally leveling out to something that i can kind of uh uh what's the word i'm looking looking for predict it's like more predictable now so i'm not just randomly working and off and whatever so it's way easier for me to actually consistently get this out on the days it's supposed to be out so i appreciate y'all for being so understanding this past little while and then you know i ain't even gonna lie you know what i'm saying i've been kind of talking to this girl a little bit or whatever and you know how it be when you start talking to somebody you feeling them a little bit you know what i'm saying you you kind of find free time to spend with them i don't really have a lot of free time to begin with so it's whenever i'm like making time for somebody it is really uh it's obvious you know what i'm saying like it, it cuts it cuts into my ability to do other things but um She's super dope, and uh, one thing that I, I really like about her is that uh, she's not the type to let me fuck off things that are important to me to spend time with her. So all I got to do is really be like, you know, I got to do this thing for the podcast or whatever, and she understands, and you know, whatever. But um, so uh, that's been dope. Um, work, basic, chill, nothing, nothing really crazy nothing really going on with the with the girls my baby's back my youngest is back um i didn't get a chance to uh i didn't get a chance to see her i didn't see her for almost three weeks um and now i I, i've got her back and i am just ecstatic i literally could not be more happy we had so much fun the first day we went uh First day she, uh, I had her back. I went and bought like a big roll of paper. We went and sat outside in the yard and me, her and my oldest sat out there and finger painted. She really rolled around in the paint and then played in the yard, but she had fun and we had fun. We both missed her. It's dope 
seeing how much my oldest misses spending time with her because at first Brie was like low-key almost not even fucking with Blaze. Like she fucked with her, but like, you know, it was like, mm, you know, <laughs> like uh she was more of an inconvenience to her, I almost feel like. Not an inconvenience, but it's like she a baby babies don't do shit i guess that's really what it is so it's like you know it i i, I can only either be taking care of you or uh you know listening to somebody else take care of you like all you do is cry and shit and eat so it ain't really nothing to like and then it's just taking time and resources away from her like i can understand that to be honest so at first it was kind of like that but as blaze gets older and now she's more fun she plays and she does all this other stuff now her and brie are like that and it's super dope to see how their relationship has evolved. Like at first, Bree was like putting diapers on backwards and damn near acting like she didn't even know how to how to handle a baby, looking like she was damn near scared of babies. Also weird shit. Um, but now they they so comfortable with each other. I, I fucking love it. Uh if you're watching this on Spotify, if you listen on Spotify, man, you should if, if everything goes correctly, you should be able to look at the video of this as well. I didn't. I didn't say it earlier in the thing, but we up and rolling on the fucking video, y'all. We up and rolling on video, and we position to do live episodes now. We in position to do episodes live on Facebook and on Twitter and on YouTube. And uh, whenever I have guests on, I can have my guests on live. I'm really, I'm really just investing in what I need to be able to make this whole thing move the way I want it to and be more dope and player perfect. So, I mean, just... It really, this is, this is the motherfuckers who pay the $4.99 every month. This is their hard work paying off. You know what I'm saying? This is everything you see behind you, all of this. You know what I'm saying? They did this. Y'all are, y'all are reaping the benefits and I don't think they mind, but you know, you could, you could chip in if you want. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, this episode I'm not doing live because I'm just kind of, you know, making sure that. I know how to update everything and upload everything the right way. Um, after this, every episode will be live. When I record an episode, I'm just going to record them live. I will try and do them at a certain time so that it, you can kind of like uh, map out. You know what I'm saying? If you want to hop on and comment live while it's going down, uh, that'd be dope. Um, and I will definitely tweet out. You know what I'm saying? An hour before, 30 minutes before uh, I'm about to go live with an episode. So um, those are just new things that are about to be on the podcast. New little new little wrinkles and, and indulgements and things like that or whatever. Um, I uh, You know what? It's been a while, y'all. It's really been a while. I was going to go right into today's episode, but if I'm being honest, it's like a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Depressing. It's not depressing, but niggas is like out here whole ass mass shooting things. Like what the fuck is you, what? Why are we doing this? And I don't, you know, like, I don't like relish in the fact that this has to be done, but it does. I gotta, you know, this, this, this is what we do on the podcast. If, if a motherfucker is out here on some shit like that, um, we gotta talk about it. So before that, though, you know what I'm saying. Since, since, you know what I'm saying, we have that whole thing or whatever. 
Um, before we do that, I will give y'all a segment we have not seen in a long time. A personal favorite of mine, Real Nigga Story Time. Nigga Story Time. Real Nigga Story Time. Thank you, Takis. Um, so I've told y'all a few stories about the car dealership. I told y'all about Steve. I told y'all about Dave. And I briefly mentioned Dave's friend, Billy, but I didn't really talk to y'all about Billy. So Dave. The crackhead for for let's rewind just in case you weren't here. You know what I'm saying for the Dave uh, story. Dave is this nigga who I used to work with at a car dealership. I found out he was a crackhead. Well, this is really another one of those stories about how when you're in your like I was 18, 19 years old, right around this time. And I just need y'all to keep remembering I'm 18, 19 years old. I just really didn't realize how much of a red flag it was when grown niggas want to kick it with young niggas like when grown niggas want to kick it with young niggas and when they don't have shit i didn't realize how like it's probably something going down so we started at the dealership or whatever let's let's go back to dealership when i first met billy right dave brings billy on and dave so far hasn't started doing his crackhead shit yet because anybody who knows crackheads knows that crackheads have like this little dormant period where they uh you know, they be coming to work and they be acting right like they not crackheads and shit like that. So Dave was still in his dormant crackhead period. We didn't know he was a crackhead. Yet. So he's like, oh, I got this guy, you know, whatever, whatever. He needs a job, blah, blah, blah. So he like that. Now, I feel like Billy just got out of jail. I'm not sure, but something like something about it. Like, I just remember it being that way. Like Billy had just got out of a prison for something. Right. But whatever. Billy shows up to work the first day looking like Billy looked like somebody gave a homeless nigga a suit. Like the suit didn't fit. The shoes was, was busted. My nigga needed to shave. Like he looked busted. And I just I just don't understand how you come in this motherfucker looking like a character off of Fat Albert could talk about you about to sell somebody a car. Like, we don't work on no shady-ass car a lot. Like, we worked at the Nissan dealership in my hometown. We worked at a nice dealership. So why are you coming in here looking like this? And I'm the young nigga, so I'm already peeping this shit. But as you'll be able to tell with the story, I can peep some shit, but I clearly don't peep everything. Whatever. So, um... And I'm too fucking nice, y'all. Like, it all starts with me being too nice. Then that's, but anyway. So, uh, Billy's like, uh, oh, whatever. He's in there, bummy or whatever. Need a shave, whatever, whatever. He he's working a few days, and he's he's cool. But like, me and Billy end up being kind of cool because. The other niggas at the dealership could tell Billy ain't shit, so they not fucking with him. And because I'm so young, they low-key not fucking with me either. So I almost got forced into being cool with Billy. And then also, I was already, like, kind of cool with Dave. But it was, like, the same way. The more I look back at my time on the car dealership, 
all of the adults around me really let me end up getting with all the people who they knew wasn't shit because they were so like, we don't understand why this 18 year old has this job that they didn't want to be like, he is only 18. We should make sure that he kind of has an idea how all this shit works. And I'm not saying that anybody owes you this in life or blah, blah, blah. But what I am saying is that it would have definitely changed the, the, the way that my shit went down. It would have changed the, the, the the course or the the path the the path that I was on, goddamn. But anyway, so I end up kicking it with dusty ass Billy. You know what I'm saying? And we chilling. You know what I'm saying? Billy smoke, day smoke, or whatever. And I had told y'all one time that Billy and Dave came to the crib to kick it. Like I had like some going on or whatever, and they pulled up for a little second or whatever. They might only been there for like an hour, hour and a half, but they both knew I had my own spot, and they both knew my spot was nice. This becomes relevant to the story. So what this nigga Billy does is I'm <laughs> Billy's a smart motherfucker, man. I ain't gonna lie. Billy not a dumb nigga. So what Billy do is after some time passes and it becomes a little more obvious that Dave is a crackhead, Billy starts to try and distance himself from Dave being like, oh yeah, Dave on his bullshit again. You know, you know, I me, mean, I just be chilling, but they they be on his 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 shit, you know, blah blah blah. And that's his homie. So he not whole out saying Dave ain't been coming to work because he's out smoking crack, but he's definitely clearly distancing himself from Dave and the crack smoke or whatever, trying to kind of uplift himself by knocking Dave down. Like, yeah, like I'm actually the homie who's got his shit together. You know what I'm saying? And I should have. Again, when you grown, these are things that are red flags. You're like, oh, yeah. Any nigga who doing some shit like that is on some weird shit to begin with. Like, he don't have shit going for himself. And his homie got him put on at this job. So, like, how he get you put on if you the nigga who really got it together? But anyway, I'm listening to this nigga talk that shit or whatever. I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, I end up coming over to Billy's house and smoking in the backyard or whatever. Again... We smoking in the backyard because Billy's house is Billy's parents' house. Like, Billy's dad is in the living room watching football and shit or whatever. And we, like, coming through that bitch. But Billy, at the time, I'm 18. Billy had to be 35. Billy had to be at least 35, 40 years old, bro. Like, they were not young. But still, me just just just, just freestyling life, not paying no fucking attention. Uh, I, um... my bad i got distracted uh freestyling life not paying no attention or whatever i'm not even seeing all of these signs that this nigga billy is like really like living on the edges of adulthood like why don't you have a car my nigga why do you live with your parents why is the homie who got you your job your crackhead homie like maybe you don't smoke crack but your homie is a crackhead like you have all of these things about you that if i was paying closer attention i would have realized are clear indicators that you don't have your shit together on any level at all. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, we continue being kind of homies or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We smoke, we kick it a few times or whatever. And Billy comes to me one day and he's like, 
hey, bro, you think I could use your crib? And I'm like, what? He's like, you think I could use your crib? You know what I'm saying? Like, I got this chick I'm trying to fuck with. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think I could like, you know what I'm saying? Pull up. You know what I'm saying? Because I had, the thing about my spot was I had a, I had a three bedroom apartment and one of the bedrooms was literally just an extra room. Like there was nothing in it. Like it was, we used to throw parties and shit like that. And I was young. Like literally it was the room that my homies used to like fuck on randoms basically. So basically he's like, can I use the fuck on randoms room in your house to fuck on this random? And I'm like, whatever. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't care. I'm young. I don't even see like now just the idea of having the amount of people in and out of my house. I used to have like, literally makes my skin crawl but back then i wasn't tripping on shit i'm like whatever um you know y'all the homies we all having a good time and i'm not thinking this is where he slipped in on being a grown nigga who i just didn't realize like clearly has a bunch of baggage if he's this grown kicking it with young niggas but on the young nigga tip we was all just in our parents' house. I'm talking about me and all my peers. We was all just in our parents' houses. Some of them still in their parents' house. So the homies who got cribs first was like the group cribs for all of the homies. And and like any, you could ask anybody you're talking to. If you a man right now, you already know. If you a woman right now and you got a nigga, ask your man right now, where did he start kicking it the most right after high school or his senior year? It was either... If they had a crib, everybody was coming to their crib. And if they didn't have a crib, whichever one of their friends had a crib, that's where niggas was at. So anyway, that's why when Billy's like, can I use your crib, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah. So that day I'm at work, the day that he want to use my crib. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, I'm on some shit. Like, I'm going to let you in the house or whatever. And then I'm going to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'll be back in a few hours or whatever. And you know what I'm saying? You leave before me, just lock my shit up. Uh, so I'm waiting on Billy to get there or whatever. My nigga pull up. I'm looking at the girl he got with him. I'm like, Phew. and this is just gonna have to be what it's gonna be. I'm sorry for the for the fact that it's like some raggedy nigga shit to say what I'm about to say because whatever. It's just certain women who like niggas might hit. But they'll never like hit in front of the homies. Like they would never let the homies know that they hit that. And he brought one of those through three o'clock on a Thursday. Like it's daytime. I was like, whoo, shit. But okay. You know what I'm saying? Like this show thing or whatever, you bring your you bring your baloney in here. Cause she that's what it she's this this white girl, she looked like the, the slab of baloney, like deli baloney before you before they slice it up, like just sitting in the window. Like I don't listen. <laughs> I'm just, it wasn't even just y'all. Listen, I'm all about how a person keep themselves up. It was the fact that she looked like she just got off from easy go on the graveyard shit. I'm like, you just look whatever. So that's what Billy's bringing in my house. I'm like, whatever, nigga, that's your dick, not mine. I leave y'all. I come back. When I come back, when I tell you my whole apartment, like when you open the front door of the apartment, first of all, rewind before I even tell y'all, because y'all already know what I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all is you, you ever see the episode of SpongeBob 
when SpongeBob got the bad breath and he like clearing out like whole movie theaters and shit. And then he give uh, Patrick some of the food and then Patrick breast stink too. And he's like, you can't be the ugly because everybody else is running away from the smell. That's what my house smelled like, bro. Like, I'm like, oh my God, my nigga. Like, how was you fucking this nasty ass girl with the, like, it was the worst. When I tell you that was the last time I ever let somebody do some shit like that in my crib. Never again in my motherfucking life. Never. Not only that, you know, my nigga was like walking in on some. Listen, the the niggas listening to this ain't even gonna be surprised by this next part because a nigga always gonna do this. Whenever you show a nigga some love, especially when it's like let a nigga drive your car, let a nigga use your crib for something, especially for a female. Why is his crib? Why Billy showed up and he was like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, awesome, I was just letting my little homie kick it over here for a minute, shit. Like, nigga, your old ass is my little homie, Billy. The fuck? Coming in here fucking Peppy Le Pew in my house. Got my whole shit smelling, eyes watering and shit like that. I'm walking in my house looking like Sterling K. Brown on This Is Us. Tears just falling all down my shit, nigga. No, bruh. No, Billy. I know real nigga story time usually has a real nigga, but in this time, bro, real nigga story time is about how I learned a real nigga lesson, bro. You just can't. You just can't, bro. You cannot trust these niggas. You can't let niggas do shit like that in your crib. You can't. No. It's unacceptable. It's un... No. Don't do it. Don't, bro. Or else Billy would be in there stuffing some bitch pussy full of onions. Like, I don't know what the fuck that nigga was doing, bro. But bleh. anyway, that's all I got for real nigga story time. We're going to take a short break because, you know, we got to get the ads in. You know what I'm saying? Until we get more subscribers for the 499. You know what I'm saying? But uh, no, nah, no cap, bro. We're going to do this little break and then we'll be back with the full episode. All right, so this is one of the episodes where I literally couldn't do a podcast episode without talking about this because, I mean, some news is just like news on a level that you got to fucking talk about it, and this is one of those things. Um, uh, I'm actually going to play y'all the news story because I don't like trying to explain it. Um, And also, I'm not going to lie, I want to play with my new features because I can now show y'all you know what I'm saying? The video and stuff. You know what I'm saying? On some player shit. Because we got the video of the podcast. And now. <laughs> ha ha, my friend. Ha ha ha. ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Y'all, I'm childish, I know. But um, no, for real. Um, All right, so check it out. Here is the story. 
homes. At least 10 people are dead after a shooting inside of a New York supermarket. Investigators say a man walked in and just started firing this afternoon in Buffalo. Here's ABC's Alex Prochet with the latest. Police in Buffalo, New York are on the scene of what they're calling a mass shooting. Multiple people struck by gunfire. Authorities say just after 2.30 Saturday afternoon, a male gunman entered the Topps Friendly Market with a rifle and began shooting. You have uh, assault weapons uh, that aren't for hunting. Uh, they are for killing people. And uh, this is another example of you know the federal government failing to recognize this is a major public health crisis. A witness described the chaotic scene. Um, my granddaughter works there. She happened to be on her break at the time because she worked at customer service, thank God. And she heard the shooting, so she took herself and ran in the bathroom and locked the door. Police say they have the shooter in custody, though they did not reveal any details of his condition. Investigators are still on the scene and say there is no longer an active threat to the public, though residents and motorists are being urged to avoid the area. Alex Brashey, ABC News, Washington. All right. So, yeah, that is uh, basically in Buffalo. White boy runs up in a little grocery store, traveled like 200 miles on some like that. That's one of the, the trends. I'll talk about a few things, but that's one of the trends with some of these things that's really like fucking me up is that like on some uh, Kyle Rittenhouse shit where these motherfuckers are like leaving where they're from to go seek out a whole nother community to go do some fuck shit. So this nigga pulls up to the, to the spot, live streams the shit. Like he's live streaming. I don't know if it was like on Twitch or what it was on. I saw something where it was saying um, that, uh, it, whatever so whatever platform it was was denouncing it but obviously you know they probably paid them news outlets money like nigga do not put our name on that shit we do not want to be known as the motherfucking mass shooter you know what i'm saying fucking whatever so uh pulls up kills 10 people i think injured like 15 or 20 or some shit like that i don't even fucking know um and he's on some, like, I feel like it's almost been a while since we've had, like, one of these, like, real high-profile white supremacist uh, mass shootings. We've had a lot of, like, the white domestic terrorists, but it's been a while since we had, like, a straight-up dealing roof for somebody who was, like, gunning directly for black people. Uh, and that's exactly what this dude was. Uh, he had a hundred and fucking six page manifesto or some shit like that talking about how the white race is dying out and all this other shit and basically saying why he did it um i was trying to find the full manifesto before i got on here and did the episode but they're wiping it from everything justifiably so um i think one of the big things is they don't want to kind of like publicize this shit to make it they don't want you to be able to get famous off of this shit even though you definitely can uh, you can become synonymous with these things and it's sad but that's what a lot of these motherfuckers are really aiming for but anyway I think that's why it's so fucking impossible for me to find this motherfucking video or this, not video this manifesto because I wanted to go through it and kind of you know read it or whatever I was able to find this one page on reddit um, that was 
kind of crazy. I'm gonna read it. It says, "Uh, it's so it's like it's, it's like starts off highlighting. It's like, was there a particular event or reason you decided to commit a violent attack?" It says, before I began, I will say that I was not born a racist nor grew up to be racist. I simply became racist after I learned the truth. I started browsing on 4chan, obviously, in May 2020 after extreme boredom. Remember, this was during the outbreak of COVID. I would normally browse. Okay, so I don't know uh, how 4chan works, but I'm sure that it's kind of like Reddit in the way that you like have to look through things so it's like uh uh forward slash k forward slash i don't know what that means though so i'm just gonna when i I talk about the things that he's browsing i'm just gonna say what's inside the two forward slashes i don't know if i'm reading it right or not but that's what i'm gonna do so anyway uh i normally would i would normally browse k because i'm a gun nut and out because I love the outdoors and eventually wound up on uh, POL. I learned there. I learned through infographics, shit posts and memes that the white race is dying out, that blacks are disproportionately killing whites, that average black, that the average black takes 700,000 from taxpayers in their lifetime, that the Jews and the elite were behind this. From there, I also found other sites like worldtruthvideos.website dailyarchives.org and dailystormer.cn where through data and exposure to real information i learned the truth we are doomed by low birth rates and high rates of immigration i never even saw this information until i found these sites since mostly i would get my news from the front page of reddit i didn't care at the time but as i learned more and more i realized how serious the situation was eventually i couldn't take it anymore i told myself that eventually i was going to kill myself to escape this fate My race was doomed and there was nothing I could do about it. But then after browsing POL one day, I saw a short gif of a man walking into a building and shooting a shotgun through a dark hallway. I didn't think anything of it, but then I saw it again. I looked up who the person was. I thought to myself, why did this person do it? That person was Britton Tarrant. After some some searches, I found the 17-minute live stream of him attacking the Alnor Mosque. I eventually found his manifesto on Reddit and I found that I mostly agreed with him. Finally, I thought to myself, perhaps there's a chance that we can combat this. Maybe there is a chance that we can take control and prevent our genocide. Maybe we could combat the hedonistic, nihilistic, and individualist insanity that is taking control of Western thought. I then found other fighters like Patrick Crucius, Andres, uh, Anders Brevik, Dylan Roof, and John Ernest. These men fought for me and I had and had the same goals I did. It was there I asked myself, why don't I do something? Finally, I felt awkward. It was there I started to think about uh, committing to an attack, to commit violence. I would follow Terrence lead in the attacks of so many others like him. No longer would I just accept our replacement. No longer would I accept our genocide. No longer will I willingly serve the people who are trying to end me and my race. I would have to take the fight to the replacers myself. Boy. First of all, Understand that is one of 106 pages, um, which says a lot to me. One one thing of which is that as delusional as this motherfucker may be, he's not insane. So that whole narrative that they want to push that, oh, these are a few lone wolves who are just crazy and da 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 they can throw that, they can shove that up their asshole. Like, that's bullshit. He's not crazy. I just read that out. 
That was a pretty well articulated thought that I just read out. It's bullshit. It's the most vile, ridiculous of bullshits. But um, by no means can I hear what he just said and then say, like, I can't listen to what he just said. And my response be, well, um, or what he just read in my response be, oh, well, he must be out of his mind. Like, no, he's not out of his mind. He's well within his mind. My nigga got, y'all can't see this, but my motherfucker, this shit is, is well typed out. This shit in MLA fucking format. This nigga was very, very, very well aware of what it was he was doing. My nigga got, I, he got people who he didn't. So I had to look up who uh, Britton Tarrant was. Britton Tarrant is the New Zealand mock shooter who uh, I had to look up a story about him too because I didn't even know shit about it, but he killed fucking 51 Muslims uh, at two different mosques, uh, came in with a fucking uh, assault rifle, and he's the guy who had the strobe light, who was like hitting them with the strobe light so that they was disoriented so that he could like more easily pick them off and murder them on some like sick ass shit. But so that's like his fucking hero. But there's like a few things that I want to like come through in this. So first of all, it's the the idea that these people and and this is not an original point of my own. Um, I heard this uh, on some news report, but it was a really it was actually a really good point. The idea that these are lone wolves, like oh, this is a lone wolf. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a lone wolf attack. It's really not. It's one person who goes out and does this shit. But like he said, like, he's in 4chan and all of these little, like, sub posts or whatever with a full community of people who push that ideology towards him. Like, he's not alone. He's not going to do this and then all of a sudden be isolated to be by himself. That's not what's going on here. There's a whole group of these people. Just the fact that there was a gift like these niggas is in a motherfucking social media platform where they have gifts of the beginning of mass shootings. And that's like a, you got to think he had to look it up and see what it was, but that motherfucker was posting it because other people would already know because it's like that well talked about within that space. So they're not lone wolves. They're not a few people uh, like they're not like, you know, a few bad apples, if you will. That's not what it is. It is le- legitimately a group of hostile fucking evil goddamn puss ass motherfucking scary ass goof ass domestic terrorists you know what i'm saying like that are just pumping out all of this bullshit information like some of the stuff that he put in here as facts the facts that blacks are disproportionately killing whites, that's not true. Crime is and has always been a function of proximity. You're going to murder people who are close to you. You're going to steal from people who are close to you. You're going to rape people who are close to you. When someone commits a crime, it will most likely be to somebody who they know from their family or community. In America, the people in your family and community will more than likely look like you. 
If you are Hispanic, you will probably live in a neighborhood that is dominated by Hispanics. If you are black, you will probably live in a neighborhood that is dominated by blacks. If you are white, you will probably live in a neighborhood that is dominated by white people. That is how America is and how America has always been. There is no place in the world where black people are disproportionately killing white people. White people disproportionately kill other white people if it's disproportionate. Whatever. So like even just the fact that like he's in an ecosystem where like this this non-fact has been spit so much that it's a fact it's a he it's a layup fact for him he's like i don't need to prove this he's like there's the obvious things like the fact that blacks are disproportionately killing the whites the average black takes seven hundred thousand from taxpayers in their lifetime so does the average black not work are we not taxpayers the fact that the fact that they used black and taxpayer as like antitheses like oh these two things are opposite one another the blacks are not the taxpayers when in fact the motherfuckers in america who don't pay the taxes are the rich people and the people who like funnel their money through their corporations and guess what color they happen to be in this motherfucker white ain't no niggas 700 and 700 from taxpayers and the average black so that means that some of us is coming out of here with a cool million and a half that if the average black takes seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that's got to be taken into account with the actual amount of taxes that that some of the blacks, a few of us, are paying. So the fuck anyway. Um, Jews being the elites, which black people spew that nonsense too. Like we gotta chill on that. We gotta chill on the Jews when the world shit. It's problematic, and it doesn't tell the whole story, and it it's just. If, if you want to be, if you want to have like the conversation, like a more salient conversation about why it is that Jewish people have a more prominent uh, um, uh, presence in like financial institutions and like lawyers and things like that in certain communities, specifically like in larger cities like New York, L.A., things like things like that. We can have that conversation, but I'm never going to have the, oh, well, the Jews run everything conversation with you. I'm not doing that. You're not, you're not getting me with that one. You're not taking me there. I'm not doing it. So, uh, anyway, uh, then he goes on to talk about all these different sites where they have all this different stuff, which just, I feel like a lot of us don't realize how big some of this stuff is, how large some of these communities are and, how problematic all of that is in the long run. Um, so, you know, there's that. Uh, the major point that he's trying to make here, though, is basically the theory that white people are going to get diluted out as a race here. And I have heard this argument made a lot of times. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. This kind of jarred me in a way because I've really been kind of feeling like people are oversounding that alarm. You know what I'm saying? That white people and specifically this this gets made in the uh, area of like politics and stuff that like some of these white politicians that make these laws. And like when the abortion thing came down, one of the things people were saying is they don't want women to be able to have abortions because they don't want white women to be able to have abortions because they want to have more white babies. And 
I just really thought like that sounds stupid to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like I don't really think that it's like that. But then reading this and seeing some of the shit that's like they think deeper than it's like whoa. Maybe there really is a set like not maybe there is there's clearly a segment of the population that genuinely believes that they need to make policy decisions to ensure that the white race doesn't get replaced out by black and brown people. And obviously there's a more extreme version of that that feels like, well, the more simple way to be would just be to kill off all these niggas. Like. That was wild to me. I didn't. I had really genuinely underestimated that. I can't even put it any other way. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I and I know that sounds naive. Like, what? You didn't think these white folks were that bad? I mean, I didn't think that. I, I knew that there was a segment of the population that felt like the white race was like dwindling. But I didn't realize how alarming that was to some people, I guess, because I remember uh, I think it was maybe Time magazine that posted that article. It was probably 20 years ago now, 15, 20 years ago. And I bet you all remember because it had like it had this old Zoe Kravitz ass bitch on the front. You know what I'm saying? Woman on the front. Brooke called me out. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it had this Zoe like, you know, just a mixed girl with like green eyes or some shit. And basically it was like, this is like the future of America. This is what America is going to look like, which makes sense. Um, and I, I was even hearing things like, oh, you know, blonde hair and blue eyes are eventually going to die out. And I think scientists were saying that on some like, oh, that's like a funny thing about science. But then the, then the white supremacists heard it and they was like, what? There will be no more whites. And you're not only will there not be any more whites, those are going to be blacks. Those got to go. Those got to go. And that's wild. I was, um, there's another part of the manifesto that I had kind of read for a second that said one of the reasons why he chose New York was because they have such strict gun laws. He was like, I know nobody in this area will have more than like a pistol that can hold 10, less than 10 rounds or some shit like that. I, I couldn't, the, uh, somebody sent me some of it and it was blurry and I couldn't read all of it. So I don't know for sure. Um, what all it says, I was trying to kind of read through it, but it was something like that or whatever, which goes to my my earlier point, which is that don't let these motherfuckers try and oh, he was crazy. Oh, he da 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 da. Nah, we not listening to that. We not listening to that. Oh, he was crazy. Oh, none of this, blah, blah, blah. Because no, because no, he planned this shit out thoroughly. Way more than a crazy motherfucker could do. So I'm not hearing that shit. Um, What's something else I wanted to say? Oh, my perspective as a black man, as a black person from the black community, as far as it's concerned, it's wild, but it's not that I don't care. It's just, it's not like I'm surprised. I didn't learn today that there are evil white people who will do anything they can to eliminate black people off the earth. I already knew that. It's a reality that I try to not think about frequently because it ain't shit I can do about it. Um, But the fact that there's crazy ass white boys who want to see me and people who look like me done harm, that's not news. You know what I'm saying? That, that didn't, 
I wasn't like, oh shit, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid to go in a grocery store now. Uh, no, it's dangerous being black. And black people in America already know it's dangerous being black, though. That's not news to us. The fact that it's dangerous to be a black man, to be a black person in America. If you black and you didn't know that, you like a Tim Scott ass nigga. You like a, you you really like an Uncle Tom. You know what I'm saying? You uh you Steven. You Steven from Django. You one of them. You were, as a Van Lathan would say, you a white man's nigga. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we already knew how dangerous it was to be black. And this doesn't change that for me. Maybe it does for you. And I don't want to take away from anyone who, I'm not one of those people who's like, yeah, so if you telling me that, oh, this just traumatized you, da, da, da. if it did, it did. For me, it didn't. I think that the fact that I'm not, traumatized again as a result of this speaks more to kind of just what it's like to be black in america to begin with that we already so used to not feeling safe and comfortable with where we live that it's kind of hard to change that with a singular action because one way or the other i don't think there's ever been a time where something happened where i was like oh i'm glad like when they when they signed that the anti-lynching law the federal anti-lynching law, law finally i was like Thank God I've been over here avoiding these lynchings this whole time. And now there's finally something to protect me and my family. Like it's still the same dangerous to be black as it was today, as it was tomorrow, as it will be tomorrow. It, the, the, the crazy thing about being black is if you, if things get better for you, it might get a little more dangerous for you for a while. That's how it was in the South. When you talk about the history of being black in America, when you talk about, you know, after they got done with slavery in the South and the Northern forces left after reconstruction and just let the South do what the South do. And they just start, you know what I'm saying? Lynching people in mass and, you know what I'm saying? Murdering government officials and, you know what I'm saying? Like just, just doing wild bombing churches and shit. You know what I'm saying? Just doing all of the shit that they love to do to put us back in our place. You know, it's always been like this for us here. It's always been if you get something, so you got some freedom. Well, since you free, what you got to complain about? So anything that we do to you outside of that, I mean, you're not a slave no more. So like, so what if these people burned your house down? At least you had a house to be burned down last year. Just just five years ago, you couldn't even own no house. These uppity ass niggas. So that's that's what it's like to be black in America. So. The girl I'm talking to, uh, her parents are from Trinidad. And we were just talking about kind of like the differences in like her family's from New York and her her parents are from Trinidad. And we were just talking about the difference in how black people in America act, black people in the South act versus black people in differences like in the way that like race dominates kind of our existence in a way that it doesn't for other people, even black people who didn't grow up in the South and definitely black people who didn't grow up in America. It's like race matters to them, but it's not the precursor for all of their interactions in the way that I feel like it is for us. And it's so bullshit that it has to be this way, but it really is kind of mandatory for us. It's not really something that we can afford to go without. I feel like, um, I don't like it, but it's like 
if you black in America and you try and move as though the black isn't a precursor in everything, then you'll just end up in trouble. You'll end up in a situation where you overstepped even when you didn't really overstep, where you kind of like pissed off the wrong person or did the wrong thing in a situation that like now they looking at you a certain way and blah, 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 whatever. And now you got to try and figure it out from already too deep in. You know, there's, you'll start a job and think that you'll start a job and talk to motherfuckers the way they talk to each other. And then when motherfuckers is looking at you like, oh, you hostile and aggressive, then you will have to be like, but what did I do? And it'd be too late because now everybody like, you kind of have to already know, like, they'll look at me this way if I react this way. So I need to move this way to get where I want to go. And it's just stupid and bullshit. And even, even to a point where it's like this, I consciously don't do that. I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to be me everywhere I'm at. I'm going to be professional when I need to be professional. I'm going to be polite when I need to be polite. But I'm going to do that within the confines of the person that I am. I am not going to code switch for these people. Even that is still letting like the context of race dominate your behavior because I'm still thinking I'm not going to let them. Ch- like I can't just I can't just walk in and just move my way. Like if I walk in and just say I'm going to just do me like I'll find myself doing small little things that like make these white folks comfortable just to like make my time through here faster. You know what I'm saying? Like there are times where white people do some shit to you that'll piss you off and you just let it go because it would take longer to confront the racism. You know what I'm saying? But you still notice it. So I don't know. Whatever. I feel like I kind of got off on a little random tangent there, but whole point was, I mean, I just don't, I have as a black man in America, I've never just had this overwhelming feeling of safety that now I feel like I lost. That's all. Um, We even say to each other, stay dangerous. And that's how I feel right now. When I reading this, you know what I'm saying? It make me feel like, like stay dangerous. That's what, as a community, that's what we got to do because we can't be in a position where people feel like they can prey upon us, where it's like, oh yeah, we'll pull up with the AK and start shooting these niggas up. Like, nah, really it needs to kind of be from a position of, if you pull up and you try some shit with us, you really about to, you really seal your own fucking face. Cause we really about that life, all that energy that we got to be shooting at each other. And I know I don't be on that black on black crime and we need to look at our own community, blah, blah. but I'm just saying as a community, we clearly don't have, we clearly have a willingness to use gun violence as a means of protection or safety. So, I mean, to me, niggas like that can't come in the hood like you can't come i I don't feel like you should be able to be a white man come in the hood shoot up a bunch of niggas and leave you should be dead like they should take your ass out out there and i maybe that is counter maybe that's a hip hip, hypocritical to some positions i've taken on guns in the past but my i guess my whole deal is just if this nigga have a gun and shit man we might as well we might as well be strapped up too because what else can you do? Police ain't going to be there in time. Motherfuckers ain't going to stop. Shit ain't going to change. You got Elon Musk buying Twitter so that he, so that people can, basically so that Twitter can become 4chan. That's why things like that are such a big deal because especially when it comes to social media platforms and social media as a whole, number one, this shit is a drug. People are addicted to it. 
They're addicted to the likes. They're addicted to the shares. They're addicted to the attention. So they'll do anything for it. And then number two, fucking, um, is obviously something that inundates people with like ideology that makes them really act. You know what I'm saying? Like these motherfuckers be doing this shit, live streaming it for other people to see. And there's still corners of the internet where you can find these videos and they share them with each other and still watch them and, and big up that shit because to them, like that's dope. Nah, bruh. Fuck that. We not, we not with that shit at all. Um, and you're going to see politicians on some, we need common sense gun reform and we need blah, blah, blah. We need more mental health training and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, we just need a society that does a better job of building people up from the beginning, does a better job of policing things that don't serve it. And what I mean by that is like these fucking places, like under the guise of free speech, these like bastions of like white supremacy and incels and hate groups that shit gotta go it's no place for that like i just fuck i know it's like you know we in america we all landed a free home with a brave free speech is like our thing whatever whatever but fuck that i don't know it just to me that's got to be taken care of. We got to, mm, I'm not with this all. We all need to hug it out and just get to know each other better shit either. That's not it. Motherfuckers got to do better. But anyway, man, that's all I got about that. I don't have nothing else to talk about. No white supremacist dickhead who did no fuck shit. That's all I got on that. Um, I'm going to take one more little break. I'm going to come back with some listener feedback and then we will get up out of here. All right, y'all, we're going to finish this episode up with just a little bit of uh, listener feedback. As always, you know, we always read any of the comments that are left on any of the episodes, any DMs that y'all send me on any of the social media platforms. Uh, And also, um, I'm supposed to be sharing poll results with y'all as well, which I have not been doing a great job of, but I will from now. We'll go back. We'll check out the polls and see um, what it'll say. Um the 
Let's do the poll. Well, we can we can go back and do the polls first real fast cuz they'll be they'll be quick. Um Oh, um I'm looking in the wrong location. I apologize, guys. For the wait. I could have had this queued up on some on some, you know what I'm saying, prepared shit. But, you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, I was not prepared. So, whatever. But, anyway. So... Going all the way back to May 3rd. I don't want my baby to get no BBL. <laughs> the poll on that uh, on that episode was, do you like surprise parties? Because we talked about homeboy who sued this job for the half a milli, basically because they gave him panic attacks because they kept throwing, because they threw him unwanted surprise parties and then like talk shit to him the next day about having a panic attack at his own surprise party. But um Zero performance, zero percent of you said no, 25% of you said of course, 75% said you could take it or leave it. Um, of course, you like surprise parties. What kind of sociopath? Like, I mean, I guess I I would probably fall under could take it or leave it. I might have said, I, I don't know what I said before. The more I think about it, I think I could fall under take it or leave it, but of course, like, so you just like to have somebody come and scare the shit out of you. Um, that's ridiculous. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fucking with that. Um, comments under that same, uh, under that same episode. Um, uh, from Andre, I can't stand for someone to talk down to me in a professional setting. Don't try and make me look stupid. Cause I'll take which, uh, cause I'll take it that you think I'm black and stupid. And I work too hard to get in that quote unquote room. Um, I 110% feel that don't try and yeah, don't talk down to me at work. Nigga. Like I do this. Don't try and make me look stupid. Don't, don't do that. Because I just came here. I think people who have that energy towards things, a lot of it comes from the fact that I really just came to my work to do my uh, came to work to do my job and leave. I want to be good at my job, which benefits you as anyone who's my boss or my manager or my supervisor in any role. It benefits you that I want to come here and be good at my job. So for you to then like come at me sideways and talk to me stupid and shit, I'm not really fucking with that too much. Um, Devin, uh, the Dale Jackson Award. Uh, Cause that was when I was trying to figure out exactly what I was going to call the award for white people who use their privilege for good. This is Dale Jackson world award. And then Takis put, uh, it's the booty dimple coverage. (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs) I'm telling bruh, I'm just saying the the booty dimple coverage. That's cause I was talking about how them girls get the BBLs and they don't be looking right. Like the famous ones, Kim K, Cardi, Nikki, they don't be right. After them years, them booties don't age right. It's like they put cottage cheese on the inside of them or something. I don't know, but them booties do not be bootying the way that they supposed to. And I'm just, you know, just giving my honest opinion about the whole fucking situation. Um, 
curbside abortion stand. I did not put a poll on this episode. Uh, we only have one comment on that. That's from Haley. Plus one for an Ozark, uh, Ozark recap. New season only, though. Um, I actually think what I'm going to do for y'all as far as recaps are concerned is the next show that I recap will probably be either Ozark or Snowfall. And I will probably just keep y'all updated as I watch them and kind of just talk to y'all about the shows, you know, a few episodes at a time as I finish them. I'll make a final decision on whether, matter of fact, that'll be the two shows. I'll either do Ozark or Snowfall. But um, during the first few seasons, I'll like kind of give like rough summaries of like what I'm thinking about this this show and what's going on and where I'm at. And then the last season of whichever one I choose, I'll actually do an episode by episode recap and I'll do it with somebody. I think that whenever I do recaps uh, for things, I want to do them with another person. I don't want to do them by myself. So for the first few uh, for the first few seasons of it. I will just kind of do summaries within these episodes about where I'm at and, you know, how I feel for the final season of either Ozark or Snowfall, whichever one uh, we end up choosing. I'll actually do a full recap. Uh, And like I said, I'll actually do that with somebody. I won't do it by myself because I don't want to do it by myself. Um, Mama, I love you. Um, that is a bonus episode you, you only are able to access if you have the $4.99. Um, I dropped that the day after Mother's Day. I dedicated it to my mom and told everybody and her how dope she is because she really is the shit. Um, she, because she's the dopest and a subscriber and a supporter because she's a real nigga, um, commented, wow, I don't even know what to say. I go hard for my kids and always will. Thank you so, so, so much for this episode. Almost no tears. You got me at the end, asshole. Love you to life. Uh And then Keys posted on there, um, you are the fucking goat, Miss Catrice. Happy Mother's Day from Keys. (laughs) So uh, appreciate that. Appreciate the feedback on that episode. And the last episode that dropped, we got them dicks. No comments under that episode yet. We didn't do a poll under it either. So, uh, (laughs) um, we will move on from that. Um, the DM I got was from Brooke. Um, so hold on. Let me actually read that. Um, so this is from Brooke. The oh, so backstory on Brooke's post Brooke had messaged me a while ago, um, that said that she uh wanted to hit me up, she wanted to talk to me about a few things regarding an older episode. It was the episode where I was talking about Deshaun Watson, um, and she uh. She was like, I want to go back and re-listen to the episode before I, basically before I flame you up. I could already tell that was the energy she was coming with, which I was ready. I like whenever people come to me with the energy that like, nigga, I don't like what you said. Because it's like, you won't like everything I say. And that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, come to me so we can find somewhere. Yeah, so figure out, you know, let's talk about it type shit. I like that. I like discourse. I'm not, but anyway. um, But she never did hit me back. So 
she hits me a few days ago says hey wanted hey just wanted to say i'm sorry for not following up not to make excuses but i've had a hell of a six weeks in my personal life but i did go back and listen to the episode about the the instant massage incident uh incident and you did make it clear that what he did isn't right the first uh listen just had me remembering the part where you were talking about the girl should have known better because a superstar wouldn't be looking for a legit massage and instant and i was like um don't blame the victim but all good which respect i never wanted to come off like i'm blaming a victim at all like i don't i do however believe that there is a fine line between blaming the victim and acknowledging that as a fully functioning adult you should know better you know what i'm saying like it's never your fault it's not if a, if a man rapes a woman it's only his fault like it's not her fault at all like not even one percent is it any woman's fault that she got raped with that being said there are some things that may lead you to believe some shady shit is approaching and it's imperative to your safety as a woman to know those things. So like, that's kind of where I'm coming when I say you should know better than to think that a nigga was like wanting a legit massage and he would a superstar would seek that out on social media. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't so much to blame the women, but more so as to say, like, as a woman, like you shouldn't see things like that and be like, hmm, that's a little fishy because like just as a just as a like potential way of protecting yourself. Not because it'll be your fault if something goes wrong, because it won't be. But, you know, you still got it. It's it's literally like this. It's like how we have to talk with our kids, how black men, how black people have to talk with their kids about, like, what to do when you encounter the police. Like, if you are unarmed and black and the police murder you, it'll be the police's fault, but you will still be dead. You know what I'm saying? So that's always where I'm coming from anytime I get that energy. So to be clear there. Never, ever, 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 ever blaming a victim for what happens to him. Never. Um, then she said, also, I let it go because it was I was just embarrassed. I didn't follow up sooner. And uh, even though I did go back and listen, never. Now y'all can hit me about, up about an episode that's three years old. I do not care. Um, I'll be hyped to hear it every time. Um, but I really do enjoy the pod, especially when you reference the L and stuff back home. It makes me laugh and feel so much more collect connected to home when I'm living so far away. So thank you for your content and your time. The effort you have put in really shows in the end product. This season has been fire. Um. Also, side note, like on some PS shit. Also, I've been listening a lot this week trying to get back current. And I was wondering why bitches is back in your lexicon. To which I replied, I got nothing, but I'll do better. Because... <laughs> It has been. I know I've been heavy on the bitches again lately, y'all. And it's been something that I was serious about trying to get better at. So I am. I'm taking full accountability. You know what I'm saying? She said, I can hear it in your voice. But you did say early in the season you were working on it. And I 100% noticed it lately. But also, I know sometimes bitches are bitches. So <laughs> so that shit was funny, man. I appreciate that feedback as always uh thank you for the love uh brooke everybody else who chimed in um i love being able to take these little moments to do feedback with y'all um i got nothing else for this uh for this episode y'all um if you're not already you know if you're not already following on your listening platform do that so you get notifications if you're not subscribed for the 499 it's in your show notes man click that link subscribe you'll be able to get a bonus episode every week 
Um, shit. I don't. I ain't got nothing else, man. Y'all participate in the polls and leave comments on the episodes. I'll read them out. If you haven't left a five star review, leave a five star review. Um, if you haven't shared the podcast with a friend, share the podcast with a friend. Let's grow this motherfucker because now we didn't came up, y'all. We didn't came up on these boys. We got video, you know what I'm saying? Before we was just, you know what I'm saying? We wasn't really on it like that. We didn't have everything, but we full scale now. I hope so. I'm saying we got video, but um, I'm working on getting the video. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, like I always say, man, it's been real. I love y'all. Appreciate it. Until next time, peace. Yeah, double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire. My mind check. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself. It's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board. My nigga trying to see. Billion. Mm. My gift to gab on it. Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth billion. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. Trying to see the salad with the croutons, laying the foes down like futons for the billion. Yeah, man, you're not tuning in there. Fuck this shit podcast. <laughs> and billions 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 and